Good morning, and if you have your Bibles with you, could you please turn with me to Mark chapter 12, and we're going to read from verse the, the second part of verse 37 through to verse 44, which is the end of the chapter. So, starting to read partway through verse 37. The large crowd listened to him with delight as he taught, Jesus said, watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted in the marketplace and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honour at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. Such men will be punished most severely. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people through a large threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Well, God will add his blessing to the reading of his word and let's just pray before we gather around it. Our Father, we thank you again that we are not alone as we come into your presence and we have the power of your Holy Spirit who will lead us and guide us and speak to us through these words as we just commit them into your hands as we look to you. In the name of Jesus we ask it. Amen. Amen. So Mark 12 um, we have a much longer account of this record and it's recorded for us in Matthew's Gospel. If you go to Matthew chapter 23, you can read that starting at verse 1 and through to verse 39. In verse 1 to 12, Matthew tells us how Jesus warned the crowd not to live like the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. The teachers of the law are the scribes. And he said, they will tell you how you should live. Well, follow that. But they do not practice what they preach, so don't do what they do. And Matthew continues in that passage, and he then tells us that Jesus turns to address those religious leaders who are in the crowd and who are listening to his teaching. And he addresses them with what we sometimes call the seven woes. And here he exposes and condemns their lifestyle. You will read through that and you'll read things like, Woe to you teachers and woe to you blind guides. We see that Matthew is speaking specifically to Jewish readers. He's speaking to everybody, but he has Jewish readers more in mind. And these are the people whose religious lives were being guided by these hypocritical leaders. Now, both Mark and Luke give us a much shorter account than Matthew does. This is because Mark and Luke are writing with Gentile readers in mind, whose lives are not dictated to by scribes or the religious leaders, but they're more used to materialistic-minded leaders and those with wealth and position in society, not necessarily guided by what they're terming as religious ideals, but more material ideals. These will be the Romans. 
In verse 38 through to 40, this is what Mark says. As he taught, Jesus said, Watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplace and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honour of banquets. They devour widows' houses. For a show, they make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. So as we've already intimated, Mark's non-Jewish readers would not be under the authority of scribes but they would know about pride and corruption in their leaders and they would understand what Jesus is saying here and Mark gives them enough for them to be able to understand that. Now these events are happening during the the week that started with the people shouting Hosanna save us now as Jesus rode into Jerusalem and this week will end with Jesus being crucified. This passage that we're looking at is the last recorded public message that Jesus will preach. He'll concentrate more on his disciples after this. But we're going to look at what Mark has recorded for us as we keep in mind that Jesus would have said much more. Mark is keeping it short, he's keeping it to the point He wants his non-Jewish readers, as well as his Jewish readers, to know what Jesus is talking about. This reminds me of what John said when he came towards the end of his Gospel. John 21, verse 25, he said this, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. So this helps us understand that we don't have full transcript of the speeches and the teaching that Jesus delivered. And it doesn't mean that if one gospel writer leaves one bit out and another includes another, that's perfectly right to do and it confirms to us the truth of the gospel writers. But back to our passage in Mark 12. Jesus is teaching in the temple and many people would have been there and a crowd would have quickly gathered around him as he taught them. And in that crowd who were listening to him would have been Pharisees, scribes and and other notable people. They would all have been there. But on this occasion, they did not challenge him. The temple was a busy place. It was Passover. There would have been a lot going on all around them as Jesus spoke. The scribes and the Pharisees would have been very visible in their fine robes, some in the crowd listening to Jesus, but many others enjoying the reverence that they would be receiving as they mingled around in the temple and people would acknowledge their so-called superiority. And Jesus could speak to them as he is speaking here and in verse 38 he says watch out for the teachers of the law they like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplace at the state opening of parliament you've probably watched it on television and you will see the the peers, the dukes, the viscounts, the barons, the bishops, all dressed in their finery, in these robes. It seems that there's quite a bit of competition as to who has the the finest 
robe, the most colourful robe. And when you watch television, you will hear the commentary and the commentator um, will enjoy explaining and, and describing all these beautiful garments and what colours they are and the gold and the red and what they're made of, these expensive materials. Again, on graduation day, this is probably more down to our level and you may have been... Um, you certainly know what happens. The professors and the graduates will all be dressed in their caps and gowns. Now, these spectacles are great to see, and there's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with these gowns that they wear. This is a way of identifying position and recognising achievement. That's great. When you come to Exodus 39, we have the instructions given by God to Moses for the elaborate priestly garments for Aaron and his sons and the instructions of how they were to be made. The problem is when pride takes over and hypocrisy comes in. The problem is when these trappings become more important than what they stand for. These garments that the scribes wore, they were called prayer shawls very decorative, they would have had tassels on the bottom, everybody could see them, and they were becoming longer and longer to express the importance of the wearer, and they became more important than the prayers. The prayers became less significant, but they also became longer, so that they were for show, and they were losing their meaning. We come to verse 38. Jesus goes on, he said, They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplace. You know, sadly, some of the temple area have become like the marketplace. We've read about that already. And these scribes, they would enjoy being in these public places where their robes would be their identity. Get that? Their robes would be their identity. And they carry tradition. And the tradition was that the ordinary people, when they saw those robes, they would show respect to those who wore them. And if the ordinary people happened to be seated when these scribes passed, they would need to stand and acknowledge them. We come to verse 39. It says and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honour at banquets. The long prayer shawls became the ticket for the best seats in church and the ticket for an elevated position on the top table at the banquets. The best seats in the synagogue, I understand, they were, were near the, the scrolls that were, were kept that would be taken and, and read from. And the lesser important people with, would more than likely be seated on the floor. But it gets worse. We read this. They devoured widows' houses. And then it goes on. And for a show, make lengthy prayers. It's not a new thing that vulnerable people fall prey to corrupt schemes of evil-minded men it happens today and it was happening then 
but it was the teachers of the law who were doing this. The teachers of the law, they received gifts. That was their payment. That was their income. And by their wealth, it would seem that they were very well looked after. But they were, in addition to this, exploiting the most vulnerable in society, the widows. They were taking advantage of them and they were taking from them their money. This, you know, was as much a warning to those scribes as it was also to the disciples. Why do I say that? Well, the disciples who were there hearing this, at this time they were very insignificant people, but they would soon become the leaders of the Christian church. If we go back to a passage we've looked at already in Mark 10, verse 37, and this tells us of something of, of the mindset of the disciples at this time, there was the request from James and John, and the request was for, let one of us sit at your right hand and the other at your left in glory. They wanted this acknowledgement, they wanted this glory that Jesus had, but they wanted it for themselves. And they wanted it to be above the others, the other disciples. And the other disciples weren't pleased about this because they felt the same way. And in verse 31 of Mark 10, they had to hear these words from Jesus and they had to learn them. But many who are first will be last and the last first. Back to Mark, verse 40, the first, second part the warning of the consequences of being an unfaithful teacher of God's ways. We read, these men will be punished most severely. Great warning there. And then as we go on, Mark tells us the account of the widow's offering. This is what we read. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few pence. So Jesus, while still in the temple, maybe because he needed a bit of time to himself with his disciples or maybe he needed a rest he was fully human like you and i he'd been speaking for a while and he moved into the treasury area and that was situated in the court of the women now in this area both men and women could occupy this was a court where they could both go but the women could go no further than this into the temple I understand that in this area, in the women's court, in this, which, which is the treasury area, there were 13 trumpet-shaped containers. And they were there for contributions from the people. And they would have been placed here so that everyone, including the women, had access to them. Do you like people watching? Um, I do. I do. <laughs> if, even if I'm in a say in a restaurant on the days when you go to a restaurant uh, and I'm waiting for my food I will look around I will look at people I will watch and it might be even if you're on a journey and you're waiting for a, a train to arrive you're in the station you sit down you maybe have a cup of coffee and you watch 
people. And it's really interesting. It's nothing wrong with that. It's not being nosy, not voyeurism, anything like that. This is just watching people milling around and taking note of what you see. And you can learn from these things. And Jesus saw a real-life illustration that he used to teach his disciples. He's going to teach them something important. So he called them over, and he drew their attention to a widow who was putting her offering along with other people. And she was putting her offering into these trumpet-shaped receptacles. So we read, calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into this treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Now, there's a lot of issues here. It's a wonderful picture of more than just the money. Okay, the money has a, a, a relevance one thing is the manner by which this money was given. Now, the rich could be seen and be identified as being rich, probably by the way they dressed. And the woman could be seen as being poor by the way she dressed. But you could also see amongst them the arrogance and the proud. And this arrogance and this pride could be seen by the people as they could see how this money was given. The arrogant and the proud wanted people to see how much they were given and so they would make it very obvious as they put their money in. This woman was humble. This woman, probably quite unfairly, felt ashamed of her low position in such a place. And among such distinguished people. Now only Mark and Luke record this incident. Notice how Mark says, two very small copper coins worth only a few pence. He wants everybody reading this to know this gift, monetary-wise, was a very low value. Some of his readers would have been Jews and would have understood this. Some would have been Romans who would have used a different currency. And there would have been people in Jerusalem at the time who would come from all over who would have had different currencies. And maybe they needed to know just how small this gift was because they might not have known what the value was of a copper coin they might not even known the value of a small copper coin they might have thought it was quite a, a, a big value but Mark says two very small copper coins worth only a few pence he wants his readers to know how small amount of money this is an important thing is the status of the giver. It's not an issue. The giver can be rich or the giver can be poor. That's their status. This is not about the divide between the rich and the poor. 
It's about the intention of the giver. The value of the coins is not so much an issue as the value of the gift. It's about the heart of the giver, whether the giver is rich or poor. It's about the value of the gift, what you can give in comparison to what you do give. And this is all between you and the Lord. Listen to what Mark says in chapter 6, verse 1 to 4. Well, it's, yeah, it's not Mark, it's Matthew. Listen to what Matthew tells us in chapter 6, verse 1 to 4. And it's Jesus who's speaking here. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honoured by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Mark's readers, even those who do not have a Jewish background, would understand the meaning of what Jesus is saying here. The same message comes to us in our day. We are to be aware of pride and hypocrisy in others and look out for it. We are also to be aware that pride and hypocrisy does not be does not come into our own lives. Let's just consider again that little bit that we read. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly, I tell you this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. Now I'm sure the disciples immediately thought about the money and thought, well, that can't be true. I've seen what other people are giving and I've seen how they give it. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth. They would have seen that and they knew that. But listen how the verse goes on. Jesus wants them to focus on the widow and see the contrast. But she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. The value of the gift was her faithful heart. The value of the gift was her willing spirit to give her all. Well, there's a lesson for those disciples who heard it for the first time from the lips of Jesus. And there's a lesson for us who hear it again by the words of Jesus through the written word of God. I think we can all say Amen to that. Amen. <laughs>